Welcome to Brews Rock. We're Chuck Mountain, a band nestled in the beautiful beer country of North Carolina. Each week, we pick brewers' minds about their brewing philosophy and pick up tricks to bring new life to your home brew. We played at countless breweries and decided it was about time to learn how to craft our own. Welcome to Brews Rock, the podcast where we talk about all things craft beer and the amazing people behind it. Today we talk with Jake Abel from Scuffle Hill in Collinsville, Virginia, a United States Marine Corps veteran who left the craft beer mecca of San Diego to come back home and make a difference in the community where he grew up. Jake's passion for history has recently landed him on the board of the Henry County Historical Society, and he shares that passion with his customers through the stories behind his beer names, like The Big Chair and Dick and Willie. We also learned about his dad, who was the beer head that helped him get into the craft, and where to find the best pints in Japan. And let's not forget about the goats and llamas. Jake is helping to build up his community by helping out other local businesses, like a petting zoo where he got to serve beer and hang out with some furry friends. So grab a pint and let's hear from Jake himself about his journey and how he's helping make his community a better place. So we start every episode with asking who you are, how you got into brewing, like a little bit about yourself, just for our viewers that don't know you. My name is Jake Abel, owner of Scuff, I guess co-owner, but owner of Scuffle Hill Brewing Company. I'm also the certified brewer, I guess you can say, quotation marks, the head brewer. So our small company started in September of 2021. So September 1st of 2021, pretty much on the heels of COVID. And it was myself, my father, and my best friend from high school. We all said our local area needs a brewery and our county's big it's very country so you guys seen it when you drive 220 up oh right. yeah there's yeah. a big yeah. open spaces and then mm-hmm. pockets of good stuff so mountain valley brewing was where is like 30 minutes from us and that's mm-hmm. where i used to go to drink craft beer but i was like on our side of the county we need a brewery we need something for people to come out hang out feel safe have a gathering spot one of the quotes i took from when i was in san diego is beer makes friends so mm-hmm. A place for people to have a beer, make friends, bring in friends, a gathering spot. So we birthed that idea from when I got out of the Marine Corps. So when I was getting out of the Marine Corps, there was a professional brewers course being done that was sponsored between the University of Richmond and Virginia Tech. And it was happening in Roanoke, Virginia, an hour away from my house. The VA covered it all and it was very cool. So it was a year long course and I got to do it. We started out in class. There's a class taught by a different brewer, like the Big Lick Brewer taught beer styles. The Three Notch Brewer taught beer styles too. Then there was a class about hops and water and then yeast. And they went through every aspect of beer. But like the best thing I remember from the course was like, hey, there's no homework in this course. You paid to be in this course. And your test is when you leave with this certified brewer's certification, 
you go work for somebody, you make bad beer, probably gonna get fired. You go to open your own brewery, you make bad beer, you're probably gonna get yeah, not be successful. Yeah, you're probably gonna go bankrupt. So coming into that, was brewing something that you had thought about before, or was it? We're, we'll go back into some more past. So when I first, I was in Okinawa, Japan for two of my years, and I was got there, and they had this brewery called Okinawa Brewing Company. My dad got into craft beer before me. And then when I'd come home from leave, he's like, let's go. We're going to take you down to Greensboro. We're going to go brew hopping. We're going to go to all these breweries. I'm going to take you to Pick Pounder. I'm going to take you to Joy Mongers. I'm going to take you to, I think it was probably Gibbs 100 then. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one was a good one back in the um, day. They just yeah. expanded too quick, I feel like. Yeah, I think too big of expansion. Yeah, they moved from downtown to like over on Golden Gate. And I mm. think they had the bigger space, but I think there was complications with being able to use it properly. And then COVID too. And then COVID yeah. happened and, and then like expanded yeah. right before something really bad. Yeah. And we went to Pryor and I still remember the sour beers that, that Pryor yeah. Brewing had. They were absolutely amazing. And that's kind of where my craft beer started. So I'd go back to Okinawa. I'd be like, where's breweries? Yeah. And I would search it. Well, me and my buddies went to Thailand. Like, you got any breweries here? I want to try it. When I went to Tokyo, I found all these cool little breweries. Even one brewery that was collabing with a brewery in Philadelphia, which was cool. So when I was going to all these places, I was researching breweries just because my dad got me started in craft beer. And then when I would go to what we called the seven day or the PX, I would go into the PX and look for beer, like craft beer. But the only craft beer we had at point that was reaching all the way to Okinawa was Ballast Point. So I got, oh, I got really started on like a grapefruit sculpin. I hated IPA starting Those, those sculpins were good though. I finally grew into craft beer mm -hmm. and grew into IPAs and then... So when I got to San Diego, my dad was like, there's 150 plus breweries in San Diego. Yeah, go check them out. Yeah, go check them out. He's like, this is the one of the craft beer capitals of the U.S. Go check them out. Go have fun. And here's a list when you first get there. So I went through the list. And then when I got to San Diego, I started following all these different craft brewers. I started following all these different influencers for craft beer. And I was reading where they would review. On Miramar Road outside my base, it was called Biramar Road okay. because there was... 10, I make maybe 12 breweries now. And one of my favorite breweries there, it really got me started on IPAs and just loving every style was Pure Project. Some of the best. I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Some of the best New England IPAs I've ever had. Something I'll called a Merc Shake. I mean, it, it's so hazy and they're making like even quintuple IPAs, which is like Jeez. 14, 15 percent. Oh, that's oh, great. Right. Yeah, that's usually what I do. I find yeah. the highest percentage one. Yeah. That's like, where's me the and Levi. Boy? He was like, you can't drink more than two of these and play bass. And I said, bring on, bring it on. I accept your challenge. Yeah. So I would go to the Air Force base a lot because there was a Chili's on the Air Force base. <laughs> and the Chili's was the only place that had craft beer that I could get like U.S. Yeah. craft beer there. Like we had other restaurants that were U.S. restaurants and they just had Miller Coors. Yeah, you but know? no craft ones. No craft. Just but domestics, would, yeah. But, you know, Air Force Base, they're kind of like, you know, Marine Corps, this is what you get. Air Force gets a whole lot more. So I'd go to the Air Force Base a lot. We would go just to eat at the Chili's because we could because get... Because they could get better stuff there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a Founders Urbeus there and I loved Founders Urbeus for a long time and they would rotate in different craft beers from all over the U.S. in that one little spot. So even if I wasn't going to Okinawa Brewing, which was started by an Air Force veteran out in like, I think they called it not America Town, but it was like all American themes, like different sections and yeah. different stuff, which was pretty cool. But they had the brewery in there and the Air Force vet started it. And we'd go down there and drink and we'd go to some of the different bars. I learned from my Marine Corps experience after like four years. Or start of like the first two years, it's a liquor ain't my thing anymore. Because once you had enough, you start getting sick, sick off of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we all can relate. Yeah, to we that. can definitely all relate. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how it started. Was 
my father got me into it. I started doing my own exploring myself. And then I was getting out of the Marine Corps. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. I don't know. Am I going to be a cop? I broke my back. My back hurts every day I get up. I don't want to do a full 20 years now. Yeah. So that's when I was Googling beer brewer. Yeah. And I found that course, got into it. My whole goal then was I'm going to become a craft beer brewer and go apply at the time. Ballast Point was an hour above my house. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go apply there and be a brewer. And then after that, I started homebrewing. And me and my father, we were coming up with some of the recipes, some that I'm sure y'all have had. So like our flagship beers, the Big Chair Blonde Dale. Oh, I had one of those the other night. The, oh. I had, <laughs> I had the can in the fridge and I just couldn't resist. I was like, the, I had to Was it the taste. coffee or was it the regular? It was the coffee one. Coffee, yeah. That's my girlfriend's favorite by far. It was good. It was I can't nice. remember. <laughs> we started making some of our core flagships now, like Tricorn IPA, mm-hmm. the Big Chair Blonde, Dorona Mexican Cerveza, mm-hmm. Dick and Willie Maple Oatmeal Stout. And then some of our like even rotational beers, like our black IPA that's on now, Dark Water Project, made that home brewing. We were running through tons. And our other buddy, Michael, who I think June of last year, who sold back out because he's so busy with work, he sold his share back to us and let it just be me and my dad. At the time, he had made our website for us and everything. And so what we were doing was we were putting these craft beers on our website that we had made. And it's like, hey, come by the house, pick up a six pack. Tell us what you think. It's homebrew. We're, we got to give it to you for free. You, we can't charge you for it. Yeah, because yeah. with the license and stuff. We had people responded. This is amazing beer. This is great beer. I really enjoy this Blondale. And I was like, okay, so we're getting great feedback. So then it was like, now do I want to go and brew somebody else's beer? Do or you want to brew yours? Or brew my, or brew my own. I'm, and I'm nowhere going to say that my beer is metal winning or it's top-notch America, but when you're getting good feedback from people and they're telling you this is great, I would love to see a location and you're just getting good feedback. It's kind of like, okay, let's, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's give it a go. So after investing pretty much a lot of my life savings and my father's life savings and Michael's life savings, Scuffle Hill started to become a thing in 2020. Like I said, it was picked up beer from the red cooler. He took it home and everybody's like, yeah, I was like, message us again if you want more. So then we dropped in like January of 2021, we were like, hey, we signed a lease and we're coming. And I mean, that thing blew up on social media in our area. It was shared. There was like 13,000 views in a day on that oh, one wow. post oh, of just a key and a signed lease. And I don't, I can't remember how many shares or likes and people were excited. And when we opened our doors September 1st, of 2021, it was like, four o'clock. I was like, ah, it's chill. There's two or three people in here. And then like 530 hit. It was like our doors got beat down and we only started with eight taps. I still remember. You guys have 12 now, right? We have 14 now. 14 now. Do you think that starting right after 2020, I know like for us, we were all service industry. We all lost our jobs with that and getting into even going to restaurants in 2021, 2020 was hard like bars and restaurants you yeah do you that think was... that helped you with that that wave of people really wanting what, to get back yeah honestly i think it's a, a hard question to answer because for us when we opened it was great people slammed us and then like that 2021 omicron surge mm-hmm. you would think like half, like the whole county had died big up and then just like crash back down yeah because yeah. that was right at the end of 2021 so Chris- the thing that i think is interesting from everything I've hear, heard from when we go to Virginia and we talk to these breweries up there, it's a real 
community and family oriented. So like, does that seem to help get through those like ups and downs? Yeah. And I would say so, but the biggest thing for me, like that family aspect you're talking about is a lot of our regular customers. Like you met Levi, Levi was a super regular customer and all of his buddies before he even started working for us. So when we hired him, I'm like, you're passionate about the craft beer here. You're passionate about the scene. I want you to be a beer attender here because you love this place. So I want somebody that loves to be here and loves this place and loves the beer. Yeah. When you have someone like that behind the bar, the people that are in front of the bar feel like they want to be there too. They're going to feel that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me that keeps you going in the ups and downs is that family we've made, not only from working with my own family, but the family we've made there because when... You know, the guys come in even today on Dungeons and Dragons Day. Oh, yeah. There's like 10, Mondays. 15, yeah, <laughs> 10, 15, 20 guys and girls that come in and they all just hang out. And they play Dungeons and Dragons. But now they come in on a Friday night when they know each other's going to be there and they come in and they just chill and they grab beer. And but it was so, like, it was nice to see the I was community. watching them play like, while yeah. we were playing. It was such a warm spot. It was my first time when we mm-hmm. played last time. True, yeah. And it was cool to see, like, driving up, you think, like, this little strip might be a little run down. But then, like, walking into Scuffle Hill, it's so warm and inviting, and it just feels like a home. It's what the area needs. Yeah. And that was our biggest thing is, I'm passionate about craft beer. I love craft beer. But my biggest thing is creating that gathering spot. Like you said, that homey feeling. Like, you want to be there, not just because there's a band playing, but because you know you're going to meet friends there or your friends are there and they yeah, become you go your in family. there, they'll be there. We can mm-hmm. hang out, talk about my day, mm-hmm. play a board game, play the video games. We go to a lot trivia, of breweries whatever, yeah. and not all the time is it like welcoming and not all the time are you like, oh, we can shoot the shit with the beer tender. We can make friends with random customers. It's kind of like, hey, what do you want? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, got, yeah. I, got, I got people behind you now. You yeah. gotta. But everybody was <laughs> um, so cool. Like people were really interacting with us and the band and it was, you yeah. don't see that all the time. So it speaks a lot to what you've created. Yeah, that community is, you have there. Yeah. And that was, and it took a long, hard road to create that because like I said, there are some nights, people will come in on nights when every seat's full and people are having to stand outside and people are leaning on the walls and they're like, man, y'all must be doing good. Y'all are making money. And I'm like, you don't become a beer brewer to be rich. You become a beer brewer because you love to brew beer and you love craft beer and the craft beer community. And you just love, like I said, that community following you have and how everybody becomes family in a tap room. You love that. My whole career is never to be rich. I will say that now. And I know for a fact it's never to be rich because everything goes back into that brewery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you love something, pour, pour everything mm, you got back into it. But the biggest thing is it took a long time to build it in because I know the first time y'all played there on an ugly sweater night, the crowd was kind of, we didn't know if people were coming. Now we've slowly built in that, hey, we're going to have these bands and I'm bringing in bands from different areas. Oh, yeah. And I'm bringing in different genres of music. And if you want no, to hear No, we've seen your schedule. Different. It looks good. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, these people are... Like, oh, you, you've been doing good on... And you're the one that does all that? Mm-hmm. I do, I do all the music booking, all the brewing. I try to schedule all the events. Me and Dad talk it over. But it's pretty much, hey, I'll poach him ideas. I think this will work. And he'll if he thinks it don't work, then we won't do it. If he thinks it does work, or he's like, well, you know what? Try it. Yeah, And nowhere around in our area do we do video game tournaments. First night we did a Smash Brothers tournament, mm-hmm. packed. 
there was tons of young guys that came out just for Smash. Now, do we like a good Smash? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like good yeah. Smash Brothers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now we rotate video games, and Levi hosts them, and we do different. Like this past Thursday, we did Rocket League, and people oh. were really excited about playing Rocket League. <laughs> and like Karee, Karee made a joke last time. I'm sure you know him from Odin for comedy show off, oh, the, yeah, off yeah. the 147. So like when I went to Odin, I'm like, I, when I heard you guys, I'm like, why can't we have this in our brewery? I'm yeah. gonna talk to these guys and go, hey, can you come play for me in my small town? Because it's all about that revitalization of the area too. When you're bringing good things to a small area, people are gonna wanna come to that area and live. And then bigger jobs are gonna wanna invest and the economy is going to grow and it's going to benefit everybody in that area and there's so many people that are my age younger that are just hating they're like i got out of that town it was soul sucking it yeah, was life but if you have that if you grow that economy then people come there and then you right. won't have that and, and then they again. complain they're like there's no jobs here for us and there's no this or that i'm like it doesn't happen overnight you've got to have stuff for people to do so that these big jobs want to come because they don't want to put a job somewhere where nobody wants to live. And right now, Martinsville, Virginia is one of the cheapest places to live in America. Well, they're just putting that casino up there in like, Danville. Danville. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's going to help bring in some it, people too. I mean, Danville's about to get a lot of tax revenue off of it. And that's yeah. the biggest thing is, for me was reinvesting in our area. Hope it takes yeah, off and support, then yeah. be a catalyst of revitalization. Because in five or 10 years, if we have that boom of revitalization, then it might be like Mount Airy, North Carolina, where there's a few breweries and they have festivals all the time and they got these nice restaurants and you're like you know what i want to escape to somewhere country for the day and drive an hour and even though it's an hour away from me in the city i've got stuff to do up here and it's cool and it's yeah. an escape because we did that in san diego too we'd go to the mountains where some of the breweries were up there and it was like this little country community just yeah our brewery was cool. so speaking on that like the area and the history there growing it revitalizing it scuffle hill that that name came from so the, the history, right? I was about to area? bring up. Correct. You want to talk a little bit about that? I can get into that. Yeah. yeah. Don't want me to grab another beer while we're. Yeah. Let's pull out a fool's journey. Oh, or no, no, let's pull out a scuffle hill beer. Tasting stuff will actually get into the BG, BJCP. Yeah. Your certification, right? Mm -hmm. You're certified now, correct? So I took the online exam, which is 180 questions, 60 minutes. And it's all about beer styles. And yeah. It's all about techniques and all flavors. So I've got to go through a tasting exam to get fully certified but right now i'm a preliminary judge so i can go judge yeah you can still I can apply for like the yeah. yeah the nc brewers cup and sit in and metal beers there or any kind of stuff like that i can still do it you can do it as a professional brewer but now that i've passed that test they're like oh this is even better and then yeah. once you become certified they're like that's even better but going caveat off that history so scuffle hill originated from general joseph martin who was credited as the founder of martinsville virginia because they say he came to that area after the Revolutionary War and he bought his first plot of land and he called it Scuffle Hill because he said he had to scuffle up the money to purchase that land. So much like him, we had to scuffle up money for our brewery. That's where we went with it. And we went with a name because we were all sitting around in our basement home brewing and Michael was like, what about Scuffle Hill? And then we read that history and I was like, the story of how he said he got that land really resonates with how we're trying to make this brewery because oh, yeah. we're scraping it up to try and make the brewery even happen. So we went with that name. And then now like our focus is some local history and taking pride to our local area. Like the big chair Blondale was named after the world's biggest chair that Bassett Furniture, like 10 minutes down the road, created oh, yeah. in like, the 1980s okay. or 70s, I think. But now they have a big replica of it in Uptown Martinsville, which is pretty cool. 
but that's where it came from. Dick and Willie, the oatmeal stout, our flagship comes from. It's a walking trail now that people bike and run and everything on right now, but it used to be an old railroad that ran through the area, which cool. is pretty cool. Yep. That beer, Country Inn over there, the English Dark Mile, Ooh. that comes from an old motel in the area. And that's kind of where we named after the old Country Inn that shut down Ooh, that's probably good. in the 1980s or something. That's like a nice, smooth. Yeah, that's super tasty. Which one was this? This is the Stubby. Stubby. New Zealand stubby. Pilsner. Yeah, that's, that's good. So that name comes from New Zealanders will say, hey, pass me a stubby. <laughs> it means, hey, pass me a beer. So New Zealand Pilsner. I didn't know. That. I, I, thought that I was have a stat. buddy from uh, <laughs> that's New where Zealand. We, I'm going to ask him that now. But, hey. but that's where we got the name for that. Right, would you say you're a history buff? The name of the brewery. Beers. Yeah, the cheer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of local history. Are you more kind of into the local history and the lore where you are or just history in general? I got into local history because I named our brewery after mm-hmm. local history. And I'm like, if we're going to have our brewery named after local history, why not? Let's take pride in what happened in our area and, yeah. and, and research it. But I'm big into like beer history and just researching how beer started from like the 1600s here all the way into yeah. now present day. Like I could talk for hours about that and it's uh, very cool. But because of like just taking pride in the local history, I got actually, I get voted on in the second Wednesday of May, I get voted to be on the board of the Martinsville Henry County Historical oh, that's Society. Awesome. That's so um, cool. And they're inviting me on the board and I help them plan their whole First Fridays event, which is... Oh, yeah. Which like is, we have one down here in Greensboro, the First Friday stuff. Yeah. And so now, like, our First Fridays is in front of this old historic courthouse. They have live music. And then we go up there and we take our setup and we serve beer and it's... Uh, people come out and they just hear the band and I just was like they started out as just open mic and then I looked at the president I'm like hey what is your goal of First Fridays community involvement I want people to know that we're a museum and that we have our local history and that there's that we're just here and I said yep. okay let's do the open mic one time but then let's try to lure some Bring other some bands up here, here yeah. and let's rotate I was like it don't have to be a big band every time but Let's do a band, maybe a soloist, maybe karaoke one night. And mm-hmm. So he, he scaled it out like that. And it was supposed to be the first Friday in April. There was going to be a band on that night, but it was so rainy that it got canceled. So now the first Friday in May, Cinco de Mayo, they're doing the open mic. And then they're doing that band that was supposed to play in April on Saturday, May the 6th. So it's going to be two things going on. And me and Levi is going to be dragging our kid out there which is pretty cool. And then, like I was telling you outside earlier, we had a place called Infinity Acres. Yeah, with the animals. Mm-hmm. You said, like, there were elk and mm-hmm. goats and stuff running around. Yeah, baby goats. You can hold them and hold baby goats. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I wasn't there. there. <laughs> yeah, they had their llamas. They have an emu running around you can pet. But they have this beautiful land they bought, and their whole goal was they're a nonprofit, too. And they're trying to get people out to know that they're out there in the country, too, in our area, and that, hey, We've got this cool zoo and we want you to come see this. So they started this music festival or like music series is what they're calling it. It's down at this pond they own on that land and they've built this deck on the pond. So the band last night was playing on this deck on the pond and they made a bonfire. And then we were on this deck built up overlooking the bonfire 
and serving beer from this deck overlooking the whole pond. And they had like snacks and concessions. People were coming up and they're like, me and Levi pouring beer. Like, you want to hold a goat too? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yes. yeah. I so like, I'm holding the goat. Levi's pouring beer and I pass the goat to Levi and I'm pouring beer. And it was really cool. And it was a really good time. And that was something like we got to talking last night. And she was like, we didn't have the crowd we expected. And I'm like, give it time. Yeah, you got to grow. You, you got to grow. It'll grow. And I was like, as soon as we promote this more and how cool it was, it had rained the night before. So the band was driving down and got stuck and they had pushed their car out from getting stuck. So they're like, yeah, you're not taking your truck down there. <laughs> so we were putting kegs on the ATV and the guys were driving down. down. Yeah. And I was like, man, where am I going? This is so <laughs> cool though, because I'm taking kegs of beer out on an ATV, out this deck overlooking this pond in our county. And it was cool when we met new people out there that's never been in our brewery because they live all the way on the other side of the county and they're like man we're gonna have to get over there to you guys this is cool that you came out here and did this and i'm like this is cool that i got to come out here and do this yeah. like levi almost got spit on by the llama last night when he tried to <laughs> yeah he was like he was walking up to it and the guy was like yeah you can pet him just don't put your fingers in his yeah. mouth <laughs> it'll bite yeah, it'll bite you <laughs> so he's walking up to the llama and he goes and he's like never mind it's gonna spit on me i ain't gonna i ain't gonna pet him but it was super cool. And I was like, it'll grow. And I was talking to her and all that. She was like, hey, do you mind helping us maybe? I was like, I'm send you some list of bands. I can send you this. I said, I can message people for you, mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. And so I've, in July, I'm looking for a band now to come out and play on this on the deck for them. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like, a, I think it's a Saturday and they'll be out there and it'll be pretty cool. And they'll be playing on the deck and jamming. But that was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Like, in the beer world. In like, the beer world, it, yeah. yeah. Was just going to pretty much out in the middle of the country with beer. For me, like even getting out of the military when I talked yeah. about the craft beer and going back to that community of the, uh, the brewery and everything, it's like camaraderie. Like I have camaraderie with all my friends there because they're all like family. And so it's built that same camaraderie and had the military and I feel that in the craft brewery industry because when I come down here and I talk to one of the brewers and I'm like, yeah, I own Scuffle Hill up there. And they're like, oh, well, here, here's a beer. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm here to support you guys. And they're like, well, we're, we're going to do something for you too. And I'm like, if you come up my way, yeah, I'll give you one. I'll, give, I'll return the same favor. Like I'm not looking for favors. I'm not looking for discounts, but it's such a camaraderie aspect of how brewers help each other. And you're, you're helping us. So we'll help you. Yeah. Um, and it's pushing the craft beer industry because mm -hmm. America as a whole, like, especially in my area of Martinsville, craft beer is still a, I want to say a foreign concept because people in that area has grew up all their life drinking yeah. Bud Light. It's still course. new. Yeah, it's still new to Budweiser, me. Miller, Miller Light, Light. Bud White, yeah. Keystone, Matty Light, PBR. And that's what they go to. They go home from work and they're like, I'm going to stop at the seven day. I'm going to get a case of this. I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to crush my Bud Light on my own yard. And that's fine. But it's like breaking them into the craft beer. Like when they come in, they're coming in for the band. I get the question all the time. What do you got? that's like Bud Light or Miller. And I'm like the lawnmower, but our number one sellers, number two, the big chair. And then I'll give them a taste of the lawnmower and I'll give them a taste of the big chair and they will choose the big chair. 90% of the time over the lawnmower. And I'm like, wow, that's great. Now you're choosing a craft blonde ale over a beer that I've made to taste like. The, the beer you want. Yeah, the beer you want. Yeah. Well, it helps too with like your hometown pride. Like mm -hmm. this is our beer. This is our local guy 
we don't need Miller. Like we've got you. Know, we don't need those big companies. Yeah. You. <laughs> you're coming in here. You're trying something that I made right there. And that's what I and that's what I've told people too. Is like when you come in the brewery and they ask for domestic beer. I'm like, I make it all in the back here. It's all my product. I guarantee out of 14 taps, you will find something you like that will be palatable to you. And I, it is my mission to find something you like. And they end up finding something they like and they stay all night and they're happy with the music. Our biggest fight now in Virginia, I think I listened to the ballad episode where they tell you about how all the laws are stupid and how like we can't even self-distribute kegs and yeah. all that. That changed. We're getting self-distribution in July 1st of 2024, oh, which would be awesome. awesome. And we can start, even a small brewery like me, can start selling to some of our local restaurants. And that, oh, that, without, yeah, without be the middleman. Because right now with the middleman there, it's like we break even by selling to you guys. And I just get my money back for making the beer. And there's no incentive for me other mm -hmm. than name. And they're like, squeeze you out. And then they incentivize these places. Like if you buy these big brands of craft beer that are owned by these big brewer and Bev, yeah. they incentivize them to buy it local places. And it's like, we get beat out by price right now at the mm -hmm. distributor. If they're selling a five gallon keg, six of wicked weed pernicious for $50 a six And I'm selling my tricorn IPA for $65 a six I can't beat their price break. Yeah. So that place has taken that bigger IPA. We've definitely heard um, that in that game of distributing, you definitely, like as a brewery, you lose a lot of money, not only from just the middleman, but like having to either if you're canning it or doing anything like that, the prices that you're paying, we, we've heard from yeah. a lot of breweries. You're either that, buying a canning line or yeah. you're paying for a mobile distributor or canner. Yeah, or you're paying the distributor There's to like get your stuff. There's a lot more that goes yeah. into yeah. it, than, exactly. which is Remember great when. for your like big players yeah, big names, in the, the craft little, scene. The little guys well, and it's also good for the restaurants or the, the, the grocery store chains that are going to buy a large volume of alcohol. But the problem, but your mom and pop restaurant that only needs one keg or yeah. one case. Their profit's eaten away before yeah. they even make mm -hmm. it. And then it's kind of like, well, for small brewers even here, like Odin, for example, what is the incentive of selling somebody a keg, a keg when I can't get anything for my labor yeah. other than my name is in this place yeah in greensboro people know Odin brewing is there yeah i mean they know they're there and they have a crowd that comes in and will go there for their beer mm -hmm. they um, see it other places it's great but if not we're going to go down there and get it for me in my small area it's good for me to put in a restaurant because some people like last night the festival they never heard of it mm -hmm. they drive our beer and like we got to get out there you're only what 15 20 minutes away from it so that distribution helps, but not at the cost of big bear smothering us yeah. out and yeah. then having to discount our stuff so much that I actually lose, lose money, lose money. Yeah. on the product. Because then what if that blows up and all of a sudden your distributors, I need more and more. And you're like, I'm losing money I, yeah, doing this. Yeah. This is, yeah. I'm going to dig myself in a hole. Can't keep up and you're not making any money. And then when you can't keep up, they get rid of your space. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And they get rid of your tap yep. space. But luckily with that self-distribution law coming in, That'll be great. Like we can't even serve like down here breweries now, like North Carolina. It's cool because now they're like able to serve wine and cider. And I think some of them spirits without even having to be a restaurant in okay. Virginia to serve even wine and cider in your brewery, you have to buy a special permit, which you only get eight a year to serve wine and cider, or you have to be a restaurant. So two witches brewing in Danville, Virginia. So they are a winery and a brewery, but the only reason they're a winery and a brewery, because when you go in there, they have their brewing equipment on one half and they have a whole setup for wine. 
And that's how it has to be in order to get separately permitted in Virginia. That's why we only have seltzer. And there's so many people that come in that are like, we would come here more, but I don't like beer. That's why I make a sweeter seltzer because I'm like, I got a sweet seltzer. Mm-hmm. I actually tried that. That's fruity. I had a mixture. I think Levi made me. It was like a, yeah, no, it tastes, it tastes like it a sweet really tart. Good. Yeah, he put the sour with the fruit punch. I think yeah, I tried that's it too. It was, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what what it was really good. Um, yeah. What's coming up? Yeah. Um, so that we have Stitch that as like a little in. shout out for things coming up. A few things coming up. If you're a follower in my area or even want to come to our area, we have Scuffle Hill Day coming up, which pretty much means if you wear Scuffle Hill merch on Scuffle Hill Day and you come in, you're going to get a discount on beer all day just for wearing merch. And if you come in and you don't have merch, you can buy merch and wear that day and join the party. <laughs> and get the discount. And get the, yeah. and get the discount. We haven't got too into much of some summer festivals and things that we're doing. I know our two-year anniversary, we have bands all week. One of them is you guys. I'm working on getting the lineup of different food trucks. And that's always a really fun time. I know somewhere in the middle of there, we're going to have some brunch and mimosas days again. Ooh, and yeah. that is always a really, really killer event in mm-hmm. our brewery as well. Follow up with First Fridays because we're going to be there if you're in Martinsville. We're going to, yeah. I'm going to be there every time. And it's always a good time showcasing local and then L on the rail festival, September 30th. You can go to Eventbrite and get your tickets. There's supposed to be 20 breweries. I'm working on more, but the law's hard to work around because we're trying to showcase small brewers. Yeah, so <laughs> we're all working on right that. <laughs> and then, like I said, four bands, including you guys, which is going to be awesome. It's going to be a great fest just to showcase small craft beer. And we really want to highlight that. Hopefully we can get some people from all the surrounding areas to come out for that and enjoy yeah. what craft brewers in Virginia and some of North Carolina's small craft brewers have to offer in this one hour radius of Martinsville, Virginia, from Roanoke to Greensboro to Winston-Salem. We will always like to close with anybody yeah. wanting to get in the industry. Yeah, whether it's home brewing or what your advice to any home brewers or anything like that. Yeah. So my advice is if you want to go for craft beer and you want to do it, start small and just start doing your research, digging into it, find something you really love about the craft beer industry and just buy your home brewer equipment. You could start like I did with the small kits of extract and uh, just a pot in your backyard and then build into all grain and then keep upgrading your equipment. And you could be a home brewer that converts his garage into his own little tiny brewery for him and his friends. Or if you want to go pro, the biggest advice I have going pro, depending on the area you're in, especially like a small town like mine, is start small. Because if you start big and in a small town like mine, Mm -hmm. It's not going to go well because you want to perfect that craft and that following before you grow into a a bigger operation. And I've seen that in a lot of the craft brewing industries is that everybody starts too big and it doesn't work out because they're in too small of an area or they start small, but they try to grow too fast. And then the growth of growing too fast shuts them down because the customer base doesn't grow with the growth. We really appreciate you coming down. Yeah, appreciate yeah. you guys having me too. That was an awesome conversation with Jake Abel from Scuffle Hill. Too bad I couldn't be there. It's inspiring to hear about how he's making a difference in his community with his passion for craft beer and local history. Definitely. And let's not forget about the video game tournaments, live music, and comedy shows that he's putting on at the brewery. It's more than just a place to grab a pint, it's a whole gathering spot for the community. Absolutely. And if you're ever in Collinsville, be sure to stop by Scuffle Hill and say hey to Jake and his team. You won't be disappointed. And that's it for this week's episode of Bruise Rock. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. 
Cheers. <laughs>